1: Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. Now, today we are talking all things love, relationships, and connection with my guest, Fiacra O'Sullivan, and he goes by FIGS, and he is the founder of Empathy, which provides a step-by-step guidance for couples and individuals who care about their relationships. And he is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he has spent years working with Frustrated couples at a crossroads in their relationship. They want to make things work, but they're stuck in what Figgs calls their waltz of pain. And that's what led him to create empathy. Inspired by attachment theory, improvisational dance and theater, experiential psychotherapy, and emotionally focused therapy, empathy provides fun, effective, and simple solutions to help couples find deeper love and connection and stop Fighting. He is super passionate about that. And he really designed empathy to be available for everyone, no matter their socioeconomic status, orientation, or station in life. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Figs O'Sullivan. Well, welcome, Figs, to the Rise Up For You podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me on your show, Leah.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited for our conversation today. So let's dive right in. We always like to have our guests share with our audience who you are, what you do and the journey that led you here today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking. So my name is Figs O'Sullivan. I'm a, or, you know, my real name is Fiacra, old Irish name. <laughs> I've been called Fig since I was like five or six years old. <laughs> um, but I'm a couples therapist, quote unquote, relationship expert, I always say the quote-unquote thing because the kind of couples therapy I do is called uh, emotionally focused couples therapy Mm -hmm. and as an emotionally focused couples therapist we often refer to ourselves at being experts at being (laughs) non-experts so so that's you know but um but yeah so I I love helping people love each other it's the my vocation um it's obviously not just a job it's a way of life my wife is a couples therapist too we do the exact same kind of work we work together we run a practice together we've got 12 therapists in our team and um so we're just it's a 24 7 365 way of living
1: mm. um,
2: and how did i get into this mm-hmm. Like line of work and what I do, I always say my number one qualifications is that I'm a wounded person. You know, I'm like, um, nice. you know, it's a typical cliched Irish story. I'm the son of an alcoholic father and and uh, a heartbroken mother. Mm. And so I grew up with a lot of emotional, you know, also where there's abandonment, rejection, shame, anxiety, um, you name it. I, I, you know, not not unfamiliar to lots of people, but that my life's journey has been to transform all of that inside myself.
1: Mm, nice.
2: And lo and behold, in the process of doing all that work, I, um, I seem to be pretty good. It seems, according to everybody. <laughs> I'm still trying to convince my wife, though, <laughs> that I'm pretty good at helping other people
1: nice well that's beautiful yeah Yeah, absolutely thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably too because I I I find that um that not only do we teach what we need to learn but we we teach what we've overcome too and I love that you're you're doing this work it's so important and and you work with your wife which is wonderful so you must be very emotionally focused in your uh, couples therapy (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. No, it's amazing getting to work together. Mm -hmm. You know, when I I met my wife, she was into a different type of counseling, a different type of psychotherapy, different philosophy. And luckily, now I did not try and force or convince her, but luckily when I did introduce her to this, and we'll talk about the kind of approach, but Mm -hmm. this kind of uh, emotional bonding, attachment theory, focused approach she was like totally drawn to it immediately so very lucky that we both have the same kind of passion not just as a profession but in the way we approach it makes yeah. relationship a lot easier
1: yeah absolutely so let's dive into that a little bit emotionally focused couples therapy so share with our audience a little bit about what that is and yeah you, what that what your style is of, of therapy
2: yeah. Well, there's two main pillars you could say the work is based on or stands upon. One is attachment theory. So there's just this one, you know, scientific theory that informs everything. And that is this theory of attachment. And attachment theory is the best way we understand what love is. And in mm-hmm. short, love is a need to be emotionally bonded, it is an emotional bond. Mm-hmm. And we all are subject to the needs to be emotionally bonded from the cradle to the grave. It's not optional, right? And that's actually right. the most famous quote about attachment by the it's um, the person that came up with it, John Bowlby. Um, and so when you were born, your first need was not food and shelter or an iPhone, <laughs> right? You know, or right. whatever, your self-driving car. <laughs> your first need, or Gucci purse, right? <laughs> whatever it is. But your first need was actually to have a good enough other on the other side of your birth that you could rely on to be there for you and love you because if they weren't there you would die you'd be eaten by a dingo (laughs) right okay like i'm hoping some of your listeners that are old enough to get like oh the dingo reference i got yeah (laughs) exactly more more and more i I say the dingo thing and i'm i'm looking at millennials just like (laughs) staring at me just blank like
1: what's that is is an iphone app
2: yeah right exactly (laughs) but um anyway but so look if yeah when you're born your whole body is built to detect is there a good enough other a primary other that i can rely on to be physically there and emotionally there because if they're not i'm literally i literally am going to die so When you grow up, right, you may think you're not a baby anymore, but your body is still looking out to the world. Is my primary other? Is my person there for me? And if they're not, your body still has the same kind of response. Mm. I'm under a big threat. And that's why people then do their blame and criticize and shutting down, starting to offer solutions, advice given, minimizing other people. There's an array of different strategies people then like try and deploy to get away from what's actually at its core. Mm. A a limbic system, the emotional body's um, fear, contraction in a moment where it looks like you're not being met by the world in the way you long to be by your primary other. So, right. so look, right. That's a, yes. at its core, we look at uh, every single human being needs to be emotionally bonded. It's not optional. And how we get ourselves in trouble is by deploying all these strategies we do to try and avoid the pain of not feeling emotionally bonded. Because those same strategies, even though they make logical sense that you would try and do it to try and get out of the pain and not being emotionally bonded, mm-hmm. what they manage to do even if it wasn't your intention is hurt the per- the person you were trying to get emotionally bonded with
1: we employ these you know numbing out strategies or or you know whether it's the the soft addictions the hard addictions that whatever we want to do to escape but yet that actually pushes the person more away from us so we're we're not connecting at all anymore
2: exactly and this is the tragedy about relationships is the things we're hurting inside because being connected means so much and then we do things even if it makes sense to us to try and get away from hurting whether that's we're trying to bring our partner closer or whether we're trying to get further away from them because we're actually hurting inside but the actual resulting effect we have in our partner is now they're hurting and now they're going to deploy strategies to get away from their hurt. And of course, their strategies, even if well intended, are now going to hurt you even more than you were hurt in the first place. Mm-hmm. And this is the terrible thing, is all couples then get into this negative interactionary cycle with the more I hurt, the more I deploy my strategies, but the more my strategies hurt you. And then the more hurt you are, the more you deploy your strategies, which hurts me even more. And on and on it goes. Mm. And we start to believe these really painful stories about each other that we're withholding love or understanding or prioritizing or care or like acceptance or validation from each other, but we're just stuck in this vicious cycle with each other. Right. And so Absolutely. what I try and do mm-hmm. is and so so is help people see the cycle. To see the system, the system is the problem. Mm. It's not either of you. And even the issue, the topic you're talking about isn't the problem. Right. It's the system that you get into when you start to talk about the, this, whatever the problem of the day is. Where will we live? Who washes the dishes? <laughs> what happened to our sex life? You know, whatever the topic is, right? right? Like It's not the topic itself that's your biggest problem. It's this pattern of the, of communication. And because you're both feeling the other person is an emotional threat to you mm. even if that word seems too big for people a threat right. but your body is actually starting to go whoa it looks like you're unhappy with me or whoa it looks like I'm not a priority to you
1: right.
2: and you just get stuck right so yeah. we want like all, as I say like all roads to a better relationship have to pass through your ability to see our problems are not a me or you problem they're an us problem Right, and we then could get on the same team together to fight that common enemy this yeah. system that we're co-creating
1: okay when you say the word system do you mean the yeah. the patterns of communication or the patterns of of how you interact with each other or you know, the defenses that come up is that all included well it's in all
2: it's, it's all of the above it's right. all included it's uh, okay. it's your The negative view you have of your partner, the reactive emotions you have, the reactive behaviors you do. Even if you yourself don't think your behaviors are reactive, I guarantee you they are from Mm -hmm. your partner's perspective right, or your spouse's perspective. And then there's the unmet need deep down inside you. There's the vulnerable feelings that accompany that when you're in that place of not feeling met. Mm -hmm. and then the deepest one which is hard for people to reach what usually accompanies a moment where i'm not feeling mad in the way i long for and there's actually a vulnerable feeling is i can actually start to feel bad about myself i I Mm -hmm. may only have access i'm only thinking about how my partner's letting me down right they're a nagger they're like they're numbing out right but actually underneath all those negative views of someone else um I'm actually hurting inside, and I probably don't feel that good about myself. So, mm-hmm. one of the things I do is try and help, I try and do it, and people on my team. It was just try and help people be very curious about themselves and see if we can do a deep dive and what's really happening deep down inside yourself. Because here's the amazing thing if we can get to a place that you can really know yourself and feel it vulnerably, and then communicate from that vulnerable place to your significant other. You have greatly enhanced the likelihood that they're going to be able to hear you, and of course, then you're going to have, like really hear you without feeling threatened, right? That they're right. being blamed or criticized in some way, and you're going to have greatly enhanced the likelihood that you'll get your longings met.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's so we, true. We have
2: to do that in lockstep, though. That right. can't just be a one-way thing, right? Right. That's right. that's why. That's why I'm a couples therapist if we're going to try and help the individual, we have to help the system. We have to help both people together.
1: Right. Right. It's not just about one person, you know, it's all their fault or all the other one's fault. It's, it's how do you communicate together and be vulnerable. And I think that that's the biggest thing that can lead to those, um, lead to real healing, right? Is when you can say, you know, and you're not coming into the conversation with blame, like you do this, or you make me feel like this. It's, you know right. what? This is what's coming up for me right now. And I just want to talk to you about it. Like that type of where it doesn't put exactly. the other person on defense, right?
2: Right. Yes. Yeah. But so here's the interesting thing. And this is where like, this is, I think, one of the most, the probably the most important thing that emotionally focused couples therapy brings to couples counseling is before we could have successful conversations like that Mm -hmm. even if one of your listeners now listen to you like i'm gonna realize my vulnerability i'm gonna go home to my spouse right now or my partner and i'm gonna tell them how i really feel just for my vulnerability i'm gonna lay it all out there (laughs) well look they've been living inside your system where whatever your system is whatever pain just because all of a sudden you soften for a moment they may still hear that as blame or they may still be hurting themselves and they may be reactive Mm. before we can have successful conversations about how either of you feel deep down inside, Mm. we got to be able to spend a lot of time having successful conversations about this system. That's both of us. Like we have to have a lot more. We're both hurting and we're both reactive. Mm. This is, our system before we can have successful oh i'm hurting
1: right Uh, yeah that makes sense because if
2: you think about it most people they always want to go immediately to talking about themselves this is the way i'm hurting or this is what you did to me Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. we cannot have successful conversations like that without both people feeling safe and securely held inside a narrative of oh man look what we do that's right. the foundation and so the beginning of my work with couples is always very exciting because <laughs> all, all we're going to do we're not I'm not going to do anything else I often compare myself to a pit bull with a locked jaw <laughs> there's nothing else to work on other than getting cu- a couple to that shared understanding or narrative of us
1: of us right no,
2: no mm. one's the bad guy no one's the victim it's we're, we're both quote unquote experiences the bad guy by the other person, right. and we're both quote unquote feeling like the victim of the hands of the other person's reactivity. No one, no one gets to gets to be the one that's having a terrible time, and the other person is awful.
1: Right. Both
2: of us are in the same boat. Mm. We have to get there,
1: right? Both have to take responsibility for the system, for the relationship, for the yeah. communication. Right? So it's it's a buy in okay. on both sides, right? And
2: buy in on both sides. Yeah,
1: exactly. absolutely. And how, share a little bit more about that, because is that, I I would think that, especially at the beginning, right, that that can be a tough conversation. Are people still in the blame game when they kind of come to you, right? Absolutely. Everyone's in the
2: blame game. Everybody comes in as the world-renowned expert in the problems of their partner, <laughs> right? Or as okay. I say, like if I was going to hold a, like a conference on your partner or spouse's problems, you would be the keynote speaker. You would
1: be, right. And
2: yeah. if I was going to hold a conference on your problems as a human being, your partner or spouse would be the keynote speaker. And we got to change that, right? Yeah. We're going to have to have a third conference. Firstly, <laughs> we want you to be the keynote speaker at your own conference. Mm-hmm. right that'd be awesome that you really know yourself and you're able to know where your reactivity and what makes you a difficult person to be which we all are i'm sorry if anyone's sitting there going no man you've no idea how, <laughs> how enlightened i've become except in traffic but you know figs but whatever but like look you have ways of reacting that are very difficult for other people if you're a human being fact
1: sure right, right? right.
2: now now we also want you to become an expert, both of you, on the system that we create. So we're going to throw a third conference, and that conference is going to be about our problems and what we co-create together. And you, co- and you co-present. <laughs> You're co-presenting. Co-presenters,
1: right? I love it. Right. Exactly.
2: So here's the other thing, like, you know, it's, yeah, not, it's, not only is it difficult at the beginning, like... Nobody accepts the reframe right away. And this is why I always think it's so sad for couples. Let's say, like, again, one of your listeners, listeners, like, loves this and goes home and, you know, sprints in the door at the end of work (laughs) or whatever and goes, we're in a system. (laughs) I got it. It's both of us. You're not bad. I'm not bad. We're both hurting and we're only hurting because we love each other. Right. Right. And your partner goes whatever maybe you should take a bit of responsibility for this morning's behavior first, right like and then like you know you know your um your listener unsubscribes that clearly (laughs) didn't work that didn't work why did you have that irish bald shrek lookalike guy on your show right Mm. so so look but when i meet a couple i have to offer them that reframe 50 times an hour. Right, right.
1: It doesn't just like, happen right away. I mean, great yeah. if it does, but yeah, for sure.
2: No but, no, but even if it does, even if it does, even if people go, you're right, and then they say, now let me get back to telling you how terrible the other person is.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Like, it, like even when they people agree with it, they're so, people are so locked into their perspective. Mm-hmm that we're rewiring the brain. Even if they get it for a second, they go, oh my God, that's it. That feels so good. Oh, this break for four seconds was so nice. <laughs> now let's get back to business as usual. So it, it, it really is a process and it just takes a while for the dominant narrative of yourself, your partner and what you co-create together. It's actually we're both freaking madly in love with each other we're incredibly important to each other and we both have different types of wounds and when those wounds get hurt we both have reactivity that's awfully painful for the other person Mm. oh we're such poor (laughs) devils oh i feel so sorry for both of us right that that takes a while for that to be your dominant way of looking at
1: your relationship but how beautiful when, when it can, right? I mean, that's exactly. how it's beautiful am- when wow, it can. It's
2: amazing. Yeah. I
1: mean, amazing. it is
2: the most amazing thing in the world. Like, for, me, like me you know, to get the facilitate two people come to see me and they're like trying to compete with telling me how awful the other person is. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple of months later, they're holding each other and loving each other and, you know, Aww. rubbing each other's noses and calling <laughs> each other their little pet names. <laughs> and I'm trying to look away because it's starting to get kind of weird.
1: Yeah, <laughs> weird there. You know, oh. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, they're
2: crying together.
1: beautiful anyway. work. No,
2: it is amazing. I'm very honored to get to do the work I do. It's incredible.
1: Absolutely. Well, that. thank you so much for sharing that because I think that that's, it's really, um, and then this day and age, obviously we have the challenges of social media and texting and emailing right. and all these other things that can pull relationships apart with misunderstandings. And so there's just a lot of levels, a lot of layers. So getting to that core and that foundation like you do is so important. So... That's, that's how relationships, uh, that's how they heal and how they grow and how they sustain, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, It's Beautiful. a challenging world we live in on multiple levels, right? Mm. Yeah. There's so many ways to be distracted now and not present with your partner, not present with yourself. Right. And then, of course, you know most of the advice we read about relationship online is not particularly helpful
1: (laughs) and there's a lot of it out there
2: (laughs) there's a lot of that there like you know and of course you know anyway look one of the, one of my favorite articles, a couple of my favorite articles I ever wrote is one is called Sometimes You're an Asshole.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, that says it all. You
2: know, so obviously not very popular because people are like, not me. <laughs> just let me send that to my spouse. Yeah, right.
1: right? That can't be but, uh, And
2: then the other one is stop asking for your needs to be met. I wrote this article, stop asking for your needs, man. Most people, you know, they do personal development workshops and they're like taught how to be a queen or a king. And like, I know what my longing is and I deserve to be met. And then they let me rush home at the end of my workshop and tell my spouse or partner <laughs> how lovable and amazing I am. And you need to start loving me. Well, that's bloody helpful for your system. <laughs> that that was doesn't a, I mean, And come here, the teacher meant well. Your therapist meant well. They yeah. actually loved the hell out of you. But unfortunately... It's not going to help your relationship. Yeah. Right. Because again, it just increases the um, tension and the hurt within your cycle. Right. So, exactly. And you haven't built the
1: foundation. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Beautiful. So, that's what we
2: need. We need to work on the system first. Good. That's
1: the takeaway the system first.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. That is
1: the foundation. Well, great. Well, I want to um, move on to our little power section that we love to share with our audience. Um, a couple of your favorites. So what is one book that had a massive impact on you?
2: Yeah, I, I would say, you know, when I look over the course of my life, the book that probably had the greatest impact on me was Wuthering Heights, right? Mm. Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights, which I know sounds like that is ridiculous. But <laughs> but, you know, in wuthering Heights, you like, you know, the main characters, uh, Kathy and Heathcliff, right? They have this love this connection with each other that is so powerful and it causes so much pain and there's beauty in it too. And of course, because it's a novel, it extends beyond the grave, right?
1: Mm, Right.
2: You know, Kathy's like um, coming back and haunting him, like (laughs) going at the windows, scraping (laughs) at the windows at night. So just as a young like with that longing inside myself for a place of belonging and stuff Mm. that book really struck me and it still holds a lot of the same emotional chords i feel in people deep down inside and you know inside them
1: beautiful beautiful a classic for sure okay how about one quote that you live by
2: um well, what's the what's the main quote on my website again? I don't know. Let me look at it because i <laughs> it otherwise. Right. So um, it's a roomy quote, right? Mm. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there's a field. I'll meet you there.
1: Mm, love that one. And that's what
2: I try and have my office be, right? That's mm-hmm. I don't care about your wrongdoings and right doing. Like let's get My office is this field where we could meet each other together.
1: Yeah. Oh, love that. Beautiful. OK, well, if you could leave the world with one final message yeah. and that almost sounds like that, it's a beautiful quote, yeah. um, what would be that? What would be your golden nugget?
2: Yeah, well, look, let's be consistent, right? Your problems are an us problem, not a me or a you problem. So mm. get on the same team to fight the negative system that you co-create together.
1: Mm. Beautiful. OK, how can we find your article, stay in contact with you and find you?
2: The easiest way is to go to empathy.com, and that's empathy with an I on the end, not a Y in the end.com. Oh. I couldn't afford empathy with a Y on the end. <laughs> there you go. So, like, come on. Like, come on. Know, and, and it's Sam. I'm from San Francisco. I live in San Francisco, right? So, we all like try and come up with new words. <laughs> hope the rest of the world will follow. So, exactly. sorry if it's obnoxious.
1: but <laughs> Empathy
2: it. with an I on the end.com. Okay. Best probably way to get going is there's a free quiz. It's actually quite a quiz does not do it justice. You answer questions about yourself. You get your self-discovery report, invite your partner or spouse. They then answer the questions. They'll get their self-discovery report. But then the beauty is once you both answered, we combine your answers and then give you your self, your relationships mm-hmm. discovery report, which tells you what this system that you co-create together. And we have these little creatures that illustrate exactly what kind of dynamic you create. And what you have to do to have a better relationship for the rest of your life.
1: Of your life. Beautiful. Okay, one last question. As you know, we are Rise Up for You. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you?
2: Yeah, I love that. You know, um, it kind of, the thing uh, it speaks to me the most is be the one you've been waiting for similar, like how can you show up for yourself? Like whatever your vulnerabilities are, can you be that loving, caring friend or parent to yourself mm-hmm. that you didn't have? And then what that has meant for me in my own life, which is the secondary part that has been amazing. Cause when I do that, I can rise up and be the one that my, my wife, my spouse and mm-hmm. my kids deserve.
1: Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, for your insights. Um, I know that our audience uh, is, is feeling a lot out of this conversation. So I just want to thank you so much for being with us today.
2: I really appreciate being on your show, Leanne. Thank you so much.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.